welcome to Wonder Pod, episode 184. I'm your benevolent concierge, Bruce McGee. That's right, if that intro sounds a little different to you weekly listeners, it was pointed out to me by somebody that listened for the first time that I do not say who I am. Not that anybody gives a shit, but there you go, I'm Bruce McGee. Also on the show this week, as they always are, first up, it's Glacinator. Yes, hello, I am back. And ready. <laughs> Whatever the heck we're going to talk about this week. <laughs> also joining us this week, and he's a very kind guy because he probably could have skated by with less abuse if he'd done one particular story we're going to do last week. It's John. <laughs> hey, hey, everybody. I am back and I am caffeinated, so get ready. Because it is true, folks. We're doing a story here in a few minutes that, that came out last week, but Glacinator was heartbroken when he found out he wasn't going to be here. So we left it. Now, John could have easily insisted that we did it last week when it was actually news. And, and that I wouldn't have blamed him because now he's going to attempt to be the reasonable one while the two of us rip on things. And, and, and trust me, for the long-time listeners, as soon as we get into it, it won't come as a surprise, especially for me. <laughs> <laughs> but first, let's do the usual, usual, what we've been playing. Um, Glacinator, let's start with you. What have you been playing this week? Well, this week, I actually have something new, although sadly, it's not something totally new for the podcast. And uh, I think a week ago, maybe last Tuesday, um, Sony... Uh, P- uh, PS Vita had a sale on, I think, fighting games. PS Plus had a sale on fighting games. And in, in that bundle, they had Guacamelee off for half price. Yes. So, yep, I ended up getting Guacamelee. And I knew I was going to love the game because I had been following it for a while and I'd been waiting for it to go down a little bit. And yeah, it's pretty much exactly what I thought it was going to be. Um, there really aren't that many good Metroid style platformers out there anymore. And it's nice to play one that isn't, you know, necessarily Metroid or Castlevania or, you know, something in that... It's, it's nice to do something in a different style for once. Um, I really like platformers. I really like, you know, not necessarily backtracking, but finding, you know, getting different abilities and going through things, which is basically what it is. You know, it's your usual Metroid game, but everything is in Spanish. Yay! And uh, as someone who's a French speaker, uh, I w- I'm waiting for a, a sequel to this set in France where like you're a guy in a beret and you like throw like paintbrushes at people but that whoever wouldn't, whoever wouldn't, makes this game they would, should do that next wouldn't you just insult them though wouldn't like you be like garlic breath and verbal verbal insults be your superpowers yeah you throw snails at everyone <laughs> stale baguettes yeah hit them with baguettes he, he, he got it for me <laughs> The final boss bows in the Louvre and like the Mona Lisa is like possessed by a ghost or something. And it starts flying around the room or something. I don't know. Just playing this game makes me it makes it's fun. It's a fun game to play. I, I'm not very stressed out when I play it. I mean when you die you only go back really one screen. Um, and I usually complain about games being too easy, but I mean this it, it's it's so fun to play that I don't I don't really complain about myself flying through it. Uh, it's really fun to pull off the combos. Um, they have a nice hit counter up in the top left, and so you can feel pretty accomplished when you land off some crazy stuff. I mean, you're in your so you're doing all these sumo flexes and throwing things around. And that's one thing I really like about the game, is that they have this weird throwing mechanism where you can press triangle at any time when you're hitting someone, 
and you'll pick them up and you can throw them, throw the enemy at another enemy and then they'll get hit and you can like combo off of that. So you can get these crazy chains off where you'll throw someone at someone else and then you'll throw that person at someone else and you'll keep like stacking up and jumping on top of everyone. And it's a huge mess, but it's a lot of fun. Um, I remember we had talked about the meme issue in the game a few weeks ago. And now playing it, I will say it is a little overplayed at times. I mean, I like the little posters that are around because you don't really have to pay attention to those if you don't want to. But uh, there was a boss battle that I beat the other day where you're basically running away. It's like, it's like basically like Bowser, you know, there's like the lava pit and you hit the axe and he falls down, which is whatever. I understand that, that reference is okay. But then after that, then you get to like this lady and she's like, oh, your princess is in another castle. And I'm like, okay, I mean, by this point, you're really just pandering. You don't need to do that. I mean, Braid did that. I get it. And it keeps going off from there. And I don't know. I, I like the background elements of memes. I like how they hide them. Like they have like Luchador Link is fighting today, stuff like that. That's that's fine. But when like it, they shoved it in your face with dialogue, it felt a little overly cheesy. Even though the game is in it, of, of itself cheesy. I mean, I just got a power up where you turn into a chicken today. So I don't know. It's a fun, silly game, and it's a platformer which I love. So I like it a lot. I'm glad I have something to play on my Vita now. How does it play on the Vita? Oh, great! It's fine. Um, I mean, it looks great on the screen because those graphics are very, uh, they're not cel-shaded necessarily, but it's very vector-based, which means there's a lot of harsh lines on it. So it really stands out well on the screen. And I, it doesn't feel too small, like the 3DS at all. And, I mean, the controls are fine. It's basically the same controller as a PS3 controller. There isn't any touchscreen stuff yet, I don't think. Right, so. but you don't have any of the, like, uh, um typical port from a big console to a portable, you know, like you're having with Donkey Kong. No, it works fine. It looks fine. No. Cool. Yeah, there, there, there aren't Pretty too perfect. many places there aren't too many places in that game where the perspective zooms out a lot. I think there, there might be one or two places where when you're I won't, I won't, I won't spoil it for you, but you know, the, the as you're going across the screen, for emphasis, there's one part where it zooms in and another part where it zooms out, just to show you how big the area is. And uh, mm-hmm. but it's not like you have to do any fighting in that in that kind of a tight space. No, oh, the beta screen is big enough anyway that it's not really a problem. Yeah, I mean, it's, it compared to the 3DS screen. screen, I have them right here. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, you got a whole another inch, basically. Length and width-wise, so I mean, you're pretty well off just looking at it how you how you would hold it naturally. You don't have to really get close to it or anything. Well, that's I mean, that's good because it's I mean, if it's moving over to portable really well, I was noticing actually when I was playing uh, Terria or how however you call it, the little Minecraft-esque uh, 2D build game that that. When you're building, 2D will throw you for a loop. If you've been playing something like Minecraft where you're building in 3D, <laughs> you take out that, you know, you kind of take that one dimension out and flatten it, it gets a little weird. <laughs> so, I'm not, and I suspect that, that sometimes moving from console to, to handheld can, can have similar issues. Anything else? Uh, I played some more Autonauts last week, 
which was a bad idea because then my friends want to play wanted to play. So I played by myself, and apparently playing by yourself in the I guess these MOBA type games is a bad idea because I ended up losing 22 games in a row. And I mean, around game seven, I was like, I should just stop playing. But then I kept going. I was like, I need to at least win one game so I can know that I don't suck terribly. But (laughs) after 22 loses in a row, I finally won one. I was like, okay, I'm done. And I haven't touched it since then. I saw that that night. I thought, man, he's really going for it because like I logged into EverQuest 2, which is one of those time-eating, soul-eating MMOs, and I'm like, and I saw that, like, even in an MMO or any kind of game, like, the little thing pops up that says, so-and-so is playing, and I saw you hop into to, uh, Awesome Knots, and I'm, so I'm playing EverQuest, and like, when I logged out of EverQuest, and I didn't play that long, I saw you were still playing Awesome Knots, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, Either I was even my, like, my non-gamer side was like, Daniel, Put the control. Put the key, keyboard away. It's not worth it. Just, just walk away right now. Because my stupid side was like, no, I need to win. I need to win. Usually doesn't happen a lot with me, so I'm glad I put it down for a while after after that. Yeah, it used to happen a lot with me. Not actually, you know, this funny. As much as I freely admit I suck at him and I'm not a big fan of them, fighting games get like that for me. I have to win one. I don't care <laughs> how long I'm here. Um, racing games a little bit, but it depends on the competitors, as we all know from the infamous Hydro Thunder HD incident. Um, but for the most part, losing to bots racing doesn't infuriate me too much. It's when it's jackass. Oh, yeah, when it's people, that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. I think your stubborn side comes out a lot quicker when it's people. You know, you don't necessarily fall into the trap of, oh, they're, they've got to be cheating, but it's more like, oh, shit, I beat bots all the time. How come I can't beat these assholes? <laughs> so. So, anything else other than Awesome Knots? Uh, I did some Left 4 Dead with a friend as well. Oh, but the original? I, yeah, the original Left 4 Dead. So everyone knows all about that, so. I would suspect it was the WP, WPO, whatever website we were with at the time, game of the like eight months <laughs> yeah it was like that for a while I wouldn't mind you know to, to be honest I wouldn't mind giving the original a rerun on console sometime not well, I mean, too I have, I have not, on Mac so I know I know but I mean you, but do you have your console copy with you I never got Leopard Dead for, oh you never got the original I have two for console but yeah see I'd like to play through the original again although I guess we could do two in some of the original levels like No Mercy but. I have the original. On console? Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe some weekend we'll have to do that so we can drag Pat out of his daddy duties long enough to like run one one set of missions. That's I, We're going to do something on it here after the console launches come crashing back to Earth. Um, Crossplay really needs to get some focus from some folks. Because truthfully, if you're on, if you're able to connect to the internet, I see no reason why a server can't mash up folks on Mac playing Left 4 Dead, especially the older games. You know, I mean, I, you would think it wouldn't be this difficult at this point for John and I to be able to play the original Left 4 Dead on PC or on uh, uh, Xbox, and you know, because you're kind of playing the same game. 
Once it's hosted on the server, I don't think it really matters. I wonder if you could crossplay between PC and Mac, though. Yeah. I don't know. I may have to look in. I may have to look into that because I bet the I bet you can find the original on C pretty dirt cheap right <laughs> right now. But anyway, that's for another day, Mister John. What have you yes, and Peter and the whole family? I've seen costume quests pop up in my little windows a couple times since I've been on Steam a hell of a lot more this week. Yeah, I'll, actually, I'll, I'll... the second time I saw it, I got to get this out. The second time I saw it, I thought, my God, what is there left for them to fucking do? <laughs> <laughs> there isn't anything for us to do <laughs> except that enjoy problem. it that's the problem uh, well yeah we're enjoying it and, and peter enjoys it but we had a on this past weekend we went through the the luring of peter away from costume quest by showing him some different stuff and uh and so uh, the, the weekend the weather on the weekend here was pretty crummy uh actually and so which kind of meant we had to stay indoors uh for most of it and on Saturday morning, Wanda was gone to a fitness conference because uh, she's a she's a personal trainer now, and uh, and so Peter and I sat down. We played a bunch of of older Nintendo games to see what I could try to tickle his fancy with. So we uh, I won't go in, in, into them in detail because I, I really don't need to. I don't think, but uh, we we played quite a bit of Zelda: Link to the Past. We we fired that up because he likes the Wind Waker. And he didn't want to play Wind Waker, <laughs> much to my dismay. But we uh, so we played Link to the Past for a while. We got quite far. Uh, we got as far as the first, and spoiler here for any Nintendo people listening, we got as far as the uh, the, the, the first the first necklace, the first pendant you get for on the uh, on the quest to get the the Master Sword. And so we finished that first one, and we and we gave it up. We needed a break for lunch. At that time, so uh, we haven't played it since, unfortunately. But, but he, he did really enjoy it. He and he kind of got into it. He he understood what was going on, and uh, you know, it's it's you know another Zelda game is fun for him. Uh, we played some Mario 64 uh, a little bit. Uh, he he liked it, but <laughs> I was actually I was using the classic controller for the Wii. Uh, I have a, and I have Link to the Past downloaded for Wii. I have Mario 64 for Wii um, off the Virtual Console. And I was playing with the classic controller, and I don't know. I thought I thought that thing was comfortable when I first got it, but I didn't find it all that comfortable when I was trying to use the analog sticks. Um, I wish it was. I wish I had the classic controller Pro, to be honest. It kind of has the 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 grips, you know, the the handles to to hold on to. Where this one, it's kind of it's more shaped like a like an SNES, but but not as long. Um, I wish it was longer, but the, uh, that's what she said. Anyway, the Mario 64 game we played just a couple of levels. He got into it, um, but I was at, I was trying to find a couple of stars for him. I found two, I think, and otherwise I was kind of struggling trying to do it, make my make any any headway. I haven't played it in a while. I couldn't remember which way to go on a couple of things, so he kind of got fed up with that. And so we then we booted up. Uh, I found a Kirby game. He really enjoyed Epic Garen, so I found Kirby Superstar, the SNES uh, uh, game Kirby game. And that one, that one's is more. It's like a typical Kirby game, you know, side-scrolling platformer kind of deal. You know, you you suck up a guy, and then you get an extra power and. That kind of stuff, but in this one, it's, it's kind of, rather than all one great big adventure, it's kind of divided up into six separate uh, adventures, shorter ones. So we finished one of them, and he, he liked that, but you know, didn't quite, you know, capture him. But the game that uh, that did 
was the one that Wanda played, which was the Maw for uh, on Xbox 360. Uh, it was a game that one of the first games, arcade games that we actually downloaded uh, when we got our Xbox. And what that game is is, is, a, is a 3D, I guess it's a 3D platformer um, where you're this alien guy who's been captured onto this spaceship, and you you meet up with another another alien. Uh, but he's not like you. He's just basically a purple blob with a with a giant mouth and one eye. And and when you get down to the to the, to the planet side after you, after the ship crashes, he eats everything. Thus named the Ma. He's just one big mouth, and he he starts eating smaller creatures. And the more he eats, the bigger he gets. So eventually, you move from these little pink puff balls that are you know bouncing around on the ground to these fire lizards. And when he eats the fire lizards, he takes on their their uh, you know the 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 fire ability. So he can start burning down some trees and making more creatures come out of those. And over the course of the game, he gets bigger and bigger and bigger. While you take on the, I guess, are bounty hunters who are who have captured you and stuff. But uh, I'm not, or you know, I, I can't remember if you get a full grasp of this of the the background story, like why you were captured or why you know. I, I think with the Ma, it's kind of like he was a little bit dangerous because <laughs> he, you know, it's kind of like you know Galactus, <laughs> where he just eats and eats and eats and gets more and more hungry. He, you know, there's never satisfied. So. It's a it's a really fun game and it, and it, while that's while that what I'm saying there sounds kind of dark I suppose uh, it's 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 rather innocent it's not it's not gruesome uh, by any stretch uh, maybe a little bit when you get when you start actually eating the bounty hunters <laughs> you know once the, you know it turns out they're just they're just armor and they kind of fall apart but you eat eat the, what what falls falls away um, but you know he really enjoyed that and Wanda was playing a lot which gave me a break a little bit which is all right too. Um, so other than, and, and so the Ma has, has kind of been Peter's favorite, uh, even though we have played some more costume quests, he has returned to it. But the, uh, the other game that, from the games that we've been playing with Peter, uh, that kind of inspired me to play some was Beyond Good and Evil, uh, which is on Xbox Live and an HD edition. Now I, I have to admit that I do have the PS2 edition and I did play that a little bit, but I didn't really get too far into it, but... With the, the HD edition, you know, it's this on my big TV. It's just it just looks better. Uh, it actually, I find it controls a little bit better with the Xbox controller. The old PS2, you know, the DualShock. Uh, I don't know. I guess at the time, well, I, I have to admit, at the time, I I probably wasn't as as uh, comfortable a, a gamer as I am today with with you know using you know analog sticks and stuff. I was still you know just getting into it when I bought it back then. Um, so now is you know a lot of the the getting around and, and understanding the map and and not not getting lost and all all that all that stuff that comes with with uh, experience playing games uh, is making me get you know progress pretty quick um, levels that I remember being frustrating or areas being frustrating back in the day were, were only mildly frustrating this time uh, for, for those of you who played the game I'm I'm kind of referring to the mini games where you play like the the air hockey type uh game against the shark guy and and um you know just to getting around and stuff uh was a, I, I used to find it a little bit clunky and uh, but now it's it just, it just seems better to me it's probably and i think it's i'm talking enough to experience but the game looks really pretty the water effects and stuff are quite quite uh quite something for a for a remake i i, I guess the source the source material must have been pretty decent at the time and when just a little you know a little shining up uh, makes it look so good. Um, 
I, I think there's some cell shading going on as well in the, in the game, especially with Jade, the main character. She, she, you know, her the detail and the way she kind of pops on the screen is is, is really really good. I, I found. Um, so as far as Beyond Good and Evil goes, I made a, I made a I made a, a comment on on Facebook chat about uh, on the on the WonderPod Facebook group about it being a, a Zelda clone, and that was a bit of bait for for Bruce from last week's conversation, but. It's not. It's not a clone, no. But it, but it does. It does lend itself. Like you. You can play this game and you can see the similarities. Where you know you're, you know, just from the adventure, the quest. Uh, you know, it's not. It's not fantasy land kind of thing, but it's a little more of a sci-fi twist, I guess. Where where she had. You know, she doesn't have a sword. She has a. She has this stick, and she goes through environments. You know, solving environmental puzzles in order to get to a final boss, and we. You know. When you defeat the boss, you get a, a reward. Like so, instead of a heart um, that you would find in Zelda, you get an orb, and you use orbs. Now, however, in this game, you use the orbs to upgrade your 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 hovercraft. Um, but but it, it it has that feel, that that kind of style, you know. Like uh, it's, they're not done, you know. It's not a dungeon, but it's an area that you have to explore all the nooks and crannies to find hidden things like. Uh, um, upgrades that give you, like, that actually do give you more hearts. You find, um, you know, health packs and stuff like all these things that you store on, on yourself to use later. It, it's, it has that feel, but it's, you know, it's not a clone, but it's, it, it definitely uh, is inspired by Zelda. How about that? Maybe that's a little bit better of a description. I can, and, uh, I can oh, understand. I can understand the, the feel thing. I'm okay with that. But truthfully. Then it's it, it it also has the same feel as the early Final Fantasies and a lot of shit that was on eight bit and sixteen bit Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I mean that's that's truthfully the bait part was fun, and you yeah. and you got the right rise out of me you were looking for. Always glad to help, but I said before the show, folks, that if that that if you know because you're driving around in a boat, it's a Zelda clone. Well, then I guess Hydro Thunder HD is a Zelda clone. Um. <laughs> but that aside, I, I I was a little curious because usually there's a grain of there's a grain of you actually think that even when you make a baiting statement, John. I've noticed that about you, and so I was truly curious where you were getting that from. Because mm-hmm. to me, and I admit the times I played it, I didn't look that deep. It's it stands alone pretty well. Oh sure, you know, unlike unlike say like um uh, uh wow shit, <sighs> what was that Zelda God of War mashup? Oh, Dark Siders. Thank you. You know, I because, and I think I think I think why why the bait works so well, mm-hmm. it's because the three of us are smart enough to understand what a clone is, <laughs> and also to understand that. It gets misused horribly. It does. You know, like our our very own Pat, man, he wasn't in the can, I don't think. Although it wouldn't surprise me when he's Facebook messaging me. Uh, said that I think the term clone is misused very often in video game speak. It becomes more of a general term to describe a game that has some elements that are similar to another game. You know, the original meaning was that it's an exact duplicate. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is where it's become misused and why I bring it up. <clears throat> excuse me, every time is because it's it's now used as a derogatory. 
And it's also why it's good Bruce McGee bait. Because that, <clears throat> it just doesn't, it's not just indicating its state of being. It's using it to, you know, rip on it, as it were. So that's kind of why I, I, I liked it as bait. I kind of, after a minute, I knew what you were going for. But it's a good one to go back to. I should probably pick it back up again and play it play it some more. I didn't get too far in the HD version. Yeah, P- Peter Peter doesn't like he he gets about as far as you know when when you jump into that game, it kind of it kind of sucks you in right away. You know, with this action sequence and lots of drama going on, like the, you know, there's an attack from space from these creatures and the shield. You know, your the shield to your uh, to your home uh, doesn't work because you're out of credits. You know, you don't have any money, so the power goes down. So then you have to. So then these creatures kind of. Uh, try to kidnap the kids that you're that you're protecting, so you have to free them from from the from the pods that they're encased in, and then you know that moves on. To, and then you fight a boss, and then you get the camera and start taking photos. So you know that early part is very engaging, and Peter likes that very much. Uh, when you get into when you get into your hovercraft, then and start you know driving around and upgrading and stuff, you start doing that stuff. You, he he kind of loses interest. But for me, I, I wanted to keep on going and, and see where the game takes me a little bit more, you know. Um, so you know, I, I'm I think I'm probably gonna. I, I don't think it's a very long game, uh, so I'm gonna you know stick with it and try to get through it and, and try to knock it off the list. Um, but other than that, I, I play some DJ Hero Two with Wanda. Um, you know, it's DJ Hero. The, the the tracks, the mashups are really fun. We had we had a pretty good time playing that. I'm, I think I'm gonna play that a little bit more often than I than I have, which was very little. Because um, I bought it on sale a while back. Because it's you can get it for like negative dollars now. And uh, and then finally, I finished Guacamelee. Finally, um, I, I I made the commitment to try to get all of the orbs, which are are these hidden items that are around the the game. Uh, after you go through some highly difficult and challenging platforming sections. Um, and so I got through those eventually to, to get uh, the alternate ending uh, to the game. So uh, it, took, it took a little while. It wasn't too bad, but I ended up with 100% on all the... 100% of all the treasure chests in the game and, I and, and the alternate ending. So what were you going to say? I was just saying I, I like alternate endings. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a stickler for 100%ing these collectible games. Yeah, it's... I, I tend to do that a lot. Yeah, it, it, it's really... I mean, and because of the, 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 the difficult platforming, you kind of... The, the, the game design and, and using the various power-ups that you get. Like, I think I mentioned that you get this uppercut, this root, the rooster uppercut, which is almost like a double jump. It helps you get, you know, just that little bit higher, uh, you know, uh, on, a, on, a, on a jump. And, mm-hmm. or... You get these other ones that make you charge forward, uh, 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 you know, a little bit. Which, if you do like a, a long jump and then you do that power up, it gets you that little bit further. And so, it, it, it the 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 level designs kind of integrate that into it. And it's interesting to see where they they force you to use it and make you, and and so you you know you you think to use it in order to do something. So it's it's pretty it's pretty good, I must say. I, I really enjoy Guacamelee. It was probably it's probably one of my favorite games of this year that I played and. And uh, you know, whenever I see it on sale, I have to make a, t- a tweet about it to make sure people realize it because it's definitely something worth playing. And that's yeah, um, I'm... Oh, go ahead. I was saying I was I was playing a little bit earlier, and did you did you find the QR code thing? Yep, I did. I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you like you were saying, like some of these references and memes and stuff are. It does get a little excessive, but. 
you know, if if the game took itself seriously at all, it, it would be even more, you know, grown worthy. But it it it, mm-hmm. it definitely does not take itself seriously. So, you know, I I really enjoyed the, the little things like that. The QR code for reference for everyone else, uh, which I thought this was very tasteful. It was kind of funny. You go into the secret room as a chicken, and uh, you, there's a big QR code on the wall. Like, okay, scan this. And you scan it. And when you scan it, it says, congratulations, you correctly scanned and identified a QR code. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's that, all it says. And that's it. And nothing yeah. happens. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty great. So stuff like that I like in the game. That doesn't feel forced. So It's a fine line, though, between what I like and what I don't like in terms mm-hmm. of references. And I can't really say where it starts and where it stops. Yeah, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty front-end heavy. Uh, especially when you're in the town and stuff, uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of references packed into that town, but as you keep going, it, it, they become a little more uh, fewer and far between, a little and, and a little more subtle. Well, anyway, I think I think I think it's all in how it's done. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm like Glaze. You know, the line's pretty fine, but it, it's also not well defined. No pun intended or rhyme intended, but. You know, because sometimes I'll see things, and a lot of this for because when you're when you do parodies or riffs of other games, you're usually tr- doing it to try and invoke either a laugh out of your audience or a "this is cool" out of your audience. Mm-hmm. And sometimes over the top's okay, but a lot of times when game designers do one, they tend to do too many. Um, and Guacamelee did catch some shit about this. You guys talked about it on the episode that that I wasn't here, and and that. I thought it was unfair from everything I've read and heard about it that, you know, they, they seem to have done it right more than they didn't. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that those guys love games. And and the, and the references, I, I find, are, are very much a, a a sign of that and how much they, how much they wanted to cram in there. Well, since Glace and, I, Glace and I are similar in how we, like, those types of things, we'll see how he, we'll see what he thinks as he goes along and, and plays yeah. it. Um, as for me, I have been playing more Feed the Beast Minecraft. Um, still doing a ton of stuff. Did this actual ritual. You s- literally sacrificed some kind of animal to create this device. And all the device makes is un- this thing called Unstable Ore or excuse me, unstable ingots and a um, and it'll it'll lower enchantments on tools and weapons if you want to lower them for whatever reason, which still I don't quite know why you'd want to do that. Uh, the comical thing about it is when you do this ritual or ceremony, it creates this stuff called ruined earth. Now if you pick it up with a silk touch tool, it you can keep it. And so, under one of my buildings in the Feed the Beast server, I've set up this, with some help from one of the other guys, this this kind of mob spawner. Because this ruined earth spawns an ass ton of mobs. All kinds of mobs. Slimes, creepers, skeletons, skeletons riding slimes, uh, spideys, zombies, the angry zombies, which are part of the mod pack. But the cool thing is, is with Feed the Beast, they have this stuff called Conveyor Belt. So the other guy on the server had an idea to how to design it to where we could use the conveyor belt, and the conveyor belt would bring all the mobs forward into what is known as a turtle. 
Now, a turtle is a, like one of the first kind of machines you get in the game or you can make when you're first starting. And they can be many different things. You have a mining turtle, which does as it says, and you have a melee turtle, which, as you can imagine, fights things. So we've got a melee turtle set on a block at the end of all these uh, conveyor belts coming right at it, and you just turn him on, and he sits there and chews through mobs. It's the greatest thing ever. Um, and that's the thing. That's why Feed the Beast is, is, is sticking with me, and it's something I want to play, not just because of the group of people I play it with, which is also great, uh, but there's so many little things you can do in a day that will kill as much time as you want it to. You know, like setting up a... a I mean, we've got two mob spawner uh, grinders, essentially, already for grinding levels to enchant things and other stuff you can do with it on the mod. But the other thing I did this week with Minecraft is I finally updated my other version uh, to 1.7.2. And Glace and I were talking before the show, and I've read this plenty of places, heard not say it several times, and uh, other and Jen's the other guy. Um, they tend to take what the modding community has made and incorporate what works into the standard Minecraft. And with the 1.7.2 update, they've done that. Uh, they've made it a bunch of new biomes. They've added a bunch of new trees. Of course, you have horses from the 1.6 series of updates. I haven't had that much time to get into it. The reason is, is because of another game I played uh, that I picked up like literally an hour before the show, and I'm hoping to spend a lot more time with this weekend. Um, but I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing, but having played Feed the Beast and Buildcraft and some of these other mods now, you know, I'm seeing the influence or, or, or where, you know, Mojang is drawing from, and I think that works really, really well. You know, some people I'm sure would go, oh, well, they're just not doing any work, they're just stealing what the modders are doing. Well, no, back in the old good old days, folks, that's kind of how it worked. You know, the uh, the Desert Combat mod for the original Battlefield 1942, as far as I'm concerned, and a lot of other people are concerned, is the reason, or is the great-great-great-grandfather of all these modern shooters may not be a title it wants at this point, but it is kind of true. And so modding, you know, on the especially on PC, is something that, that when done right, when, when uh, done by people who truly love the game that they're playing, can really improve and, and add to the game. And to see a company like Mojang be smart enough to, to incorporate some stuff into Minecraft itself is really awesome now other game i played this week was it's and it's a replay uh it was terraria or or however the fuck you say it it's the 2d building game i know a lot of building games this week um they've made some updates to it and so as i often do with this game i killed my old world made a new one and it seems like every time i play it i get more comfortable with it um, I was saying a minute ago when, when Glace was doing what he was playing, that the 2D thing still gets to me a little bit, not because it's 2D and old, but because it's just, you gotta get used to the perspective difference. When you're working in Minecraft and it's 3D and you can essentially, you know, look at anything from any perspective, I don't suppose it's true 3D, but close enough, it's not side-scrolling, um, it, 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 it takes some getting used to to shift gears. 
But still enjoying that game. Some of the new stuff they've added is really cool. It seems to me, and I'd be happy to be corrected if I'm wrong, that nowadays when you take a character and kill a world in, in Terraria, you, everything on them stays with them. Which I probably could have done myself a favor and taken a few build, more building materials out of chests in my old world if I'd known that. But I didn't know it, so, um, yeah. I still had a lot of stuff, and I had really good weapons that I collected off of a sort of boss kind of thing months ago, so that kind of helped. Um, also playing a lot more EverQuest 2. Kind of funny, I didn't think EverQuest 2 would hold me that long, but I'm actually remembering why I like the EverQuest franchises that play it. You die a lot more, which nobody likes, but you kind of come to accept but you feel more accomplished when you get through what you're trying to get through. It's definitely more of a, uh, I wouldn't call it grind because much like clone, we use that term way too much and, and incorrectly a lot of times, but it, it's, it's definitely death. Death is definitely an option far more in the EverQuest series than <laughs> other MMOs <laughs> uh, like, you know, Guild Wars and, Age of Conan and WoW and stuff like that, where after a while you pretty much can go days without dying. Um, other thing, too, that I'm looking forward to is EverQuest is making, uh, or excuse me, Sony Online Entertainment is making another EverQuest. It's called EverQuest Next. Now, in conjunction with that, they're making something called EverQuest Next Landmark. For you Minecraft fans, I would pay attention to this. Now, don't panic just because it says it's EverQuest. Oh, no, MMOs. That means I'm required to play it 14 hours a day or I won't get anything out of it. it that you, you need to set that aside because what EverQuest Next Landmark is, and it will be going into Alpha next spring, so I'll, I'll be bugging you about it more and more. Uh, it's basically kind of an actual 3D MMO-engined Minecraft-ish sandbox game. And the cool part about it is, is it will be completely self-contained. Now, there's going to be some crossover and products that you make and things that your character in EverQuest Next Landmark does that you can then cross over to the true MMO. But f if you just want to play EverQuest Next Landmark, you can do so. It looks to me right now what I'm seeing about it, and I will be studying it more as we go along. Uh, it looks like a really pretty cross-up between Minecraft and Worm. But it probably trending toward the Minecraft side as far as difficulty goes. It's not quite the brutal grind that, that Worm could be. Um, so, like I said, if you're a Minecraft fan, you might want to look into that a little bit. you got some time. As I said, it's not going into Alpha until early 2014. Um, which isn't actually that far around the corner if you think about it. The last game I picked up, and it was one I picked up, like I said, an hour before... <laughs> before, well, about an hour and a half, actually, before the show. Uh, it's called Kerbal Space Program. It's an indie title on Steam. It's gotten a lot of love on my Twitter feed, my Google Plus feed, which is filled with tech heads and true gamers who, much like me, play every genre. And a lot of times play crap that I go, no. <laughs> but they are very handy when stuff like this comes up. I did not like the price for an indie game that's still sort of being developed and still sort of having stuff added to it. So I kind of been holding off, holding off, holding off, holding off. And today it was it was over half price. I paid 16 bucks for it and I just couldn't take it anymore. What is Kerbal Space Program? Well, it's a building game where you build spaceships 
to attempt to get into space. Now, if you're playing in sandbox mode, which was the first mode developed, you have a lot of ships that you can uh, that you can just take and use. Uh, uh, first thing I probably should say is I'd really recommend playing the tu- using the tutorials in this game. Otherwise, you could run into some difficulties, as I did. But here's the great part. You can build anything. If it's got an engine on it, they will let you launch it. The poor little Kerbals, who are rather cute and greenish, a good percentage of their population died in the first 45 minutes I was able to play it. Because, if, like I said, if it's got an engine on it and sort of looks like a spaceship, you can launch it. Um, the flight controls are going to take some getting used to for a lot of folks, I imagine. There's actual pitch and yaw. Uh, and other things that you use in flight. But the crashes uh, are almost as comical as anything else. I I do want to get more into the game. I will be playing it more this weekend, I hope. But as a kind of sandbox building block thing goes, I'm pretty impressed with it. And I'm not, even in 45 minutes, I'm not the least bit upset that I spent 16 bucks. I think it runs like 25 regular price, but uh, if you see it on sale for a price you can stand and you like building games, I Kerbal Space Program is getting a lot of love from people that, that I respect their opinions, and, and so I, I would definitely check it out. That's all I've been playing. Yeah, I was getting ready to shut off Steam, John, and I saw that it was on sale, and I went, oh, yeah, I've got the money, fuck it. I bought yeah. it. Though I, I bought a twenty dollars Steam card uh, for the first time the other day, and I haven't found anything I want yet <laughs> I, I, on sale. It's it's so weird. Yeah, I probably should have saved that one till the wait for Christmas till the Christmas know, sale. Right? But yeah, I, I I don't know if let's see if it's on Mac, Glace. You would probably like it. It's yeah, I've seen a lot on Reddit about it in the past few weeks. Yeah, it's it it. Uh, let's see. Uh, unless you use it, unless you've updated to OSX Ma- OSX Mavericks, it appears to work. Apparently, hmm, okay. Apparently, Mavericks has broken it. But it is not on Mac, so hooray! And that's not a sarcastic hooray. That's an actual hooray. Uh, okay, so by the time you hear this, the PS4 will have launched. I made the joke of no word on where it landed in our show notes. Uh, um, I really don't know what to say other than, hey, Sony, Microsoft, I don't give a fuck about your features anymore. Do you have any games for these stupid fucking things? (laughs) That's really all I got for the PS4 launch, and it's not going to be much better when the Xbox One One gets uh, launched. Is it two weeks now? Actually, the day after we record a show, yeah, in two weeks. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I know you guys don't pay attention to the news nearly as much as I do, and you have no reason to, truthfully, unless you want to. But that's all I'm seeing. Oh, it's all over everything. Is that, Well, no, but it's not even, they're not even talking about games. Like, the only game I've seen reviewed is Killzone Shadowfall. Mm-hmm. And maybe The Knack. I think I saw a review for Knack a little earlier. But everything else... Well, I, 
and and we're gonna get into this a little bit earlier about how I, how about how Xbox One is the new EA, and EA should send them a Christmas card. But a lot of it is just beyond ridiculous. And even as much as I love games, and as much as I love gaming, it doesn't. It just makes me not want to cover it. And this the reporting is so fucking stupid on some of this shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I um, I've been following it a little bit, but you know, the the running story that you keep hearing is that there's for the PS4 anyway is that you know there's just not the the killer apps. You know, it, it's it, it there there's and the games that they're at, that are out are, are uh, you know, just just okay. You know, there's nothing standing out. You know, I mean, sure, the, you know, the multi-platform stuff. You know, Assassin's Creed Four is getting some pretty good buzz, and and even, but even Ghost is not even is not getting as high as normal. You know, as as you might see it. We, we discussed that before. So, you know. It's cool to see what the new features and stuff are on it are, but I, I, I'm, I'm very happy to be waiting until sometime next year if I get it then. I'm almost to the point where I'm going to go like I did with this generation, although I didn't do it on purpose last time, a year in. Mm-hmm. I bought mine Chris, right at, the day after Christmas. I braved the nut maniacs the day after Christmas 2007. So uh, basically a year after the Xbox 360 had been out. Yeah. And I see no reason to get. Glace, any thoughts? Cow noises, burping. I mean, I've always said that games sell systems. Hardware doesn't sell systems. I mean, we're seeing that with the Wii U picking up sales with you know Wind Waker and on 3DS with uh, X and Y coming out for Pokemon, and mm-hmm. 3DS is selling gangbusters now. Uh, I mean, I like talking about games. I don't really. I mean, hardware is interesting and all, but I don't, I don't, can't really say much when it comes to hardware specs and what the console puts out, byte-wise. And uh, I know we were talking about uh, pixel count or something the other week, and even that is confusing to me. I like we're talking about, you know, games and experiences that you have on the console. So I mean, and like you said, there hasn't really been much said for PS4-wise, and any games that are coming out are also going to be cross-platform or coming out on PS3 as well. So, in terms of PS4 exclusives, I really can't say much at all about anything. And that's not a good sign. So, yeah, And, and, and I mean, we, we were right. And it's going to be a theme until the show goes off the air, either due to Skype being a bunch of dicks or the end of the year. We were right. It's about games, stupids. Microsoft and, and, and Sony didn't learn from Nintendo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you no. know, I I, I I agree with you. Uh, I'd say I ninety five percent agree with you. The other five percent of me thinks about you know the, the coming schedule, the, the second wave of games that are coming out for at least for PS four, like the the in, you know infamous second son and that kind of stuff. Like the second wave in in you know Q one February March time, like. The people who are going to buy PS3s and pre-order them are going to do it no matter what's on the system, right? But they want to keep that momentum going into the into the into the coming year. So, you know, that that infamous game, if if that is a system seller, I don't know or whatever, but but that's not coming out till February March. So like the, it's going to trickle out, you know, over the course. If that's a system seller, I'm the queen of Zambia. 
<laughs> it's a fucking sequel <laughs> to a <laughs> decent franchise. But it's but it's a first party game that they could have had out now. They, they really sh- you know like if we're talking about like you know let's let's put something that's that's got the the Sony stamp on it. Well, this that's more not not HD upgrades uh, HD upgrades, but like PS4 versions of Flower and and you know uh, sound shapes and that kind of stuff. Like what is that? Like, that stuff's that's nice to have in that, but why? are you know, there should be a couple of first-party games that are system sellers, but you know, they're going to spread it out. I think I, again, that's 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 the five percent of my brain that has right. But five percent of your brain saying they're spreading it out when Nintendo did similar with their first-party titles and got flailed for it. it is. Oh, yeah, there's you're, a you're, dis- there's a disconnect right. for from for me from that. Mm-hmm. It's okay when Sony and Microsoft do it. Bad when Nintendo does it. Yeah. So how come third-party publishers aren't bailing because, you know, the first-party titles aren't... I mean, it, it, look, it, <laughs> it's similar to co- talk about Call of Duty last week. You know, it's co- it's cultural. You know, these these consoles are both going to sell bajillions. I, I just don't get how people who didn't get it as a gift or people who didn't, you know, ha- have uh, one game... They wanted then and there are are falling for this shit again. This is mm-hmm. two generations in a row now, or three generations in a row now. You know, because the PS2 didn't have any games on it at first. I mean, they keep doing this shit, and people keep falling for it. So, I mean, we'll acknowledge that the console's launched, but again, I just don't see any reason to get all excited about it. I mean, somebody could give me a PS4, and I probably still wouldn't be excited. I'd doubt the bastard to get unboxed unless there was something I super wanted to play. <laughs> and on top of that, I also I also wonder all the hardcore COD and Battlefield heads. Do they already have it on the old ones? Why the fuck would they wait? Except for the real super art douches who want that, you know, five more polygon count. I, I, I really want to see the sales of PS4 four versions of Battlefield and, and COD versus the old consoles. Mm-hmm. That, that will, will be interesting. Oh, we'll never see it. Because I am betting anything that it's, they're, they're not going to sell well. They're there for early adopters so that Microsoft and Sony can go see we have games. Yeah. <laughs> But that is not, that was not supposed to be my apologies. And it's not going to get any better because I'm going to go right into it. We're going to go right into it again here pretty quick. The story that we didn't cover last week, the story that Glacinator and I have been salivating over for a week, is the fact that Marvel is bringing five new TV series to Netflix. Now, you may have already heard this because, again, instant media, old news is old. Too long, didn't read all of that other unclever bullshit. The 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 list of shows coming to Netflix starting in 2015. So kind of like announcing when the next Star Wars is releasing. You know, you're gonna have to wait an entire fucking year. Good lord, is there nothing else to talk about that we had can't? And now we have to have movie and TV and announcements like two years in advance. Shit bags. 
Anyway, sorry. <laughs> the lists of shows. Luke Cage, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and everybody's fucking favorite Marvel character. You know he's in the like top two, Daredevil. <laughs> Go ahead, John. Attempt to defend him, because then it's going to be fucking open season. <laughs> well, the reason I want I am interested in a Daredevil TV show uh, is because Daredevil... Uh, as a character, you know his 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 comics tend to be a little more street justice type stuff rather than big, over the top. You know, uh, well that's to say he does have his rogues gallery, as it were, but it's not all that impressive, I suppose. That, that it's, you know, it's not Spider Man's rogues gallery, but but the the um, the crime, the taking on the kingpin, the the, the talking heads, kind of like. Yeah, you know, the uh, the writer that comes to mind is is Brian Michael Bendis, who had a pretty good Daredevil run, and and he likes Talking Heads, and even that stuff when I read it, I thought would lend itself to, to television pretty good, because you know the when he when he brought in the super villains, they were they were they're they weren't typically big and, and explosiony. They were kind of very personal and 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 uh, street you know, again street level, so. I think there's potential there for a Daredevil television series more so than maybe the movie series. It kind of makes a little more sense to me, actually. Well, bless your heart, because I'm almost rooting for you. But Rogue's <laughs> Gallery, what? The errant fire hydrant that his dog Blindio Sightless gets hung up by while crooks are getting away? I mean, come on. this is It's still Daredevil. He's a blind guy who can fucking see. He's not a superhero. He's a normal dude. And a damn good lawyer. I mean, they would have been better off <laughs> just make him a lawyer. Like Law and Order Marvel or something. I mean, I just... <laughs> it just... The movie stunk fucking... Just stunk the joint out. And it is so rare that I'm that harsh. But it just sucked. I mean... And th again, and I, I'm not, we're gonna go we're gonna go around and around again. This is why everybody is pissed off that Ben Affleck is Batman. <laughs> he played a blind dude who could see and had other extra perceptions. Great, he's a Native American scout. Whoopee fucking do. I, 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 good on John and good on fucking Marvel for thinking that there's actually going to be something good to come out of this with him. <laughs> oh, Glacinator, your turn. I've run out of things to make fun of him about. All right, well, I'll bring up some of the things that I brought up last week that I sadly could not get around to. But my main issue, of course, being that his superpower is that he is blind. And not because he's inherently blind, but because of the reasons surrounding how people can identify with him. All right, it's okay. So you have Peter Parker, the classic nerd, you know, geek. Okay, people can identify with that. Comic book, readers, comic book readers can identify with that. It makes perfect sense. All right, what else is there? Batman, his parents were killed. People can identify with that. People's parents were killed all the time. Okay, we can keep going. Um, Superman. Su yeah, Superman, parents killed again. Also, he doesn't fit in as well. All different types of people have, uh, you know, different types of things going wrong with them. 
you know, you have uh, minority superhero characters as well. You can identify with that if that's what you identify with. All right. Okay, Daredevil. He's blind. Okay, I get it. He's blind. All right. So let's try to have blind readers identify with Daredevil. Oh, wait. They can't fucking see the comic book. Or the TV show. Or the movie. Or anything. (laughs) If you do a Daredevil radio program, maybe I'll listen to that. I probably won't, though. Because, let's admit it, he's pretty sucky in the first place. Actually, the only crossover... I'm thinking about this. The only crossover that I like to see is Daredevil and Crypto the Superdog can team up. (laughs) Oh, my. And fight street-level crime and fire hydrants together. (laughs) He can take a big piss on both of them at the same time with his crypto crypto juice. Street-level crime and and kryptonite fire hydrants. That yes. is one pathetic city if that's your superheroes. Where does Daredevil take place? New York. Hell's New Kitchen. York? Hell's Kitchen. Okay. okay, okay. So not not even like... It's, it's, it's New York. Yeah, okay. Not even New York, New York. It's like the, the Jersey of New York, though, isn't it? No, Hell's Kitchen's actually... I don't know what it is these days because a lot of places in New York have changed since... Daredevil was probably originally written, but Hell's Kitchen used to be a pretty bad part of town. I mean, it's a borough of New York. It's not Jersey, but, you know, Tompkins Square Park used to be a pretty bad drug area up there. That region of New York, from what folks have told me, but today it's hipsters and their babies. You know, so, I, I mean, well, not to mention, how many super, look, I know that New York thinks it's the greatest thing ever and that we should all feel sorry for them once or twice a year. How many fucking superheroes do they need? <laughs> like, you think Daredevil's got to wait a bit. Like, everybody else has got to be busy first before he gets a, a call. You know, yeah. it's, Spider-Man's got to be out of town. and, and... Well, well, Spider-Man has Manhattan. Daredevil has Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> I don't know where Captain America roams around, but... Look, if I lived in Hell's Kitchen, I'm calling Spider-Man. I don't give a fuck. Zip your ass over here. <laughs> this blind dude ain't going to cut it. I don't care if he's good at martial arts. Yeah. At, at, the, at the risk of Daredevil being not that not, uh, not that original, Daredevil's father was killed <laughs> after he was blind. After he was blind. Oh, okay. Oh, it's, well, it's the I... threat... I did a little bit of background research on him as well. This is actually kind of cool this. what he's about to say. Oh, oh I'll bring that up too. This is, this is another thing I'm going to bring up. I'll bring that up first. Anyway, um, I had seen this on the internet a while ago and I had forgotten about it. But apparently the writers of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were huge fans of Daredevil, which sort of lowers them a notch in my uh, inspiration <laughs> from them. So, <laughs> but... Um, I don't know where that link is. I linked it back in the chat a while ago, last week. Wait a minute. Are you ripping on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you little no, bastard? No, I like Teenage Mutant oh. Ninja Turtles. But, okay. I mean, I have to... Eastman and what's-his-name are, are a bunch of hacks now because they like because they like Daredevil. Oh, so so Daredevil's a clone of the teen, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Is that what we're fucking saying? Anyway, <laughs> in, the, in the, first, <laughs> the first episode or first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles... You know, the the goop goes down 
into the sewer and they turn into the mutants. Apparently, in that comic, they wrote in Daredevil into that comic so that before the radioactive can falls down the sewer, it hits some guy who's crossing the street in the face who's helping someone, who's helping someone else try to cross the street. And apparently the tie-in is that is that that is Daredevil. So this radioactive waste that hit Daredevil in the face is the exact same waste that turns turtles into god-awful-looking turtle people who are cool, but they look crazy weird. Wait a minute. Is this considered canon by Marvel, or is this some lunatic's interpretation? That was the one thing I couldn't understand in that No, article. no, that, that's in the first issue of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that's for, canon. For, wow. Yeah, it's canon for Super for uh, Ninja Turtles, not not for Daredevil, but for Ninja Turtles, it is. Hmm. So, oh. yeah, turtle goop. Daredevil has turtle goop getting his eyes. Green turtle jizz all in his face. So anyway, the other thing that I was going to tell is I, I did some background research on Daredevil, and. I was looking at, because I couldn't think of any enemies from Daredevil. I wonder why. Uh, oh, well. But <laughs> one of the main enemies I came across is a guy called Stilt Man. <laughs> Have you heard of this person? Uh, please tell me you're fucking joking. Here you go. There's a link. Stilt Man. He's a guy. <sighs> How can this guy get any stilts. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh yeah, Stiltman's classic. So, in addition to being one of Daredevil's most enduring arch foes, uh oh, <laughs> dot dot dot. There's, there's three iterations of Stiltman as well, and there's a Lady Stiltman. Lady Stiltman. Deadpool defeats Lady Stiltman by removing a manhole cover, causing one of her legs to fall in. Speak. <laughs> But see, now th- this is that's oh, actually... and her other to step onto a high heel attached to the top of a truck. See, that's that's the other part. That's the other that brings up a very important point. That works for Deadpool because he's that's a, a Deadpool that does. It he's does. a fucking lunatic. You expect that kind of over the top shit from him. You know, I mean. It... <laughs> Like a pie in the face or something. I mean, it's it, it, it's Deadpool is like the 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 original Joker equivalent for superheroes, you know, because like the original comic book Joker was and and, and TV show and and so on and so forth was was more of a clown than what they turned him into later on. And Deadpool is kind of see why couldn't it have been Deadpool? His movie sucked ass too. Like, yeah. Why couldn't you put Deadpool on Netflix? Yeah, there could be a pretty a pretty good Deadpool uh, show. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to see a Deadpool show. Okay. You can pull that off. Okay, so but Daredevil. No. So so for for those of us that aren't comic book nerds, I've heard of the Iron Fist. The other two are are unknown to me. Are mm-hmm. they known to you guys? Um, well, Luke Cage is, uh, I mean, in, in the past, he's kind of been, sadly, I, I guess the, 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 um, he's been seen as the token black superhero, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Kind of, you know, 70s jivey kind of guy. And, but, but then, but 
um, through the course of you know the comic book, he's certainly come into more prominence uh, in probably the last ten years or so. Again, uh, Brian Bendis kind of has a has a shine for him, so he's he's shown up in some of the Avengers comics now, and as more of a of a of a you know more you know, mainstream character. You know, he's not he, he's certainly not like Spider Man or Wolverine, but you know he's he actually has a place, uh, which is which is pretty good. You know, I, I don't mind that so much. Um, I, I'm, I, I, other than other than he being just really strong, I'm not sure what his actual powers are. If, if there's anything beyond that, um, and Jessica Jones, she she kind of came on my radar. Uh, in, I, I'm assuming Bendis must have something something to do with these shows because they're all characters that he's written books for. But there was a book in in uh, I want to say eight or nine years ago called Alias. Uh, nothing to do with the, gen- with, the, with, the, with the Jennifer Garner show, but it was, called, it was a, she was a private eye who was, had some sort of a history as a former hero. I'm not sure who she was back, you know, who she was supposed to be back in the day, but she was a former uh, Avenger who was now depowered and, and working as a private eye. And um, that book was pretty good too. Again, a lot of dialogue in those books, uh, the Alias books, a lot of talking heads, again, more, more. I can see it being on television, you know. But it was really interesting. There was some good stuff going on, and Luke Cage, and Luke Cage is her boyfriend in those books. So that's where the the, the tie-ins kind of come together, I think. Well, I mean, Cage just kind of reminds me of Roadblock <laughs> from GI <laughs> Joe. Uh, who also kind of was a token black G.I. Joe back in the 80s. Yeah, Luke Cage and uh, and uh, the Iron Fist, they um, they kind of worked together. They, they were the heroes for hire. They had their own uh, series for a little while. Uh, they, you know, they were heroes for hire going on various adventures. You know, still, you know, B-level heroes at, at best in terms of the, the overall Marvel Universe, but but they, you know they they do have a quite a bit of history in the in the Marvel universe. Been around for a long time. Cool. Any more Daredevil jokes, please? I'm out. Mm. No, I think I ripped into him too much. Nah. It was really bad. No, no, I don't. No, <laughs> such, no such thing as too much. I mean, the, the bottom line is sarcasm aside. The all of these, I think, have about a fifty fifty percent. 50-50 chance of failure or success. Uh, depending, you know, depending on a lot of factors. Mm-hmm. In, in my opinion. You know, Netflix has got a pretty hot hand at the moment with TV shows. Yeah. But... It's really going to depend, I think, on how serious versus campy they go. Yeah. I think. Well, and that's, I mean, that's the thing. I can understand why Marvel, and I wouldn't I wouldn't bet that the other one, DC, won't be too far behind them um, if they can, win, you know, if they can wrangle it. I think that's why Netflix is appealing. They can go pretty much, you know, HBO levels, whatever levels they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have some free reign pretty well. Uh, so... It could be interesting. Even poor old Daredevil. I just I just don't see him yeah, work, I, working outside I, of comic books. I hope they end up being a little more uh 
a little better than the Agents of Shield show that's on now, uh, it, which is an okay show, but I find it's not it's not sucking me in the way I want it to. You know, like it's it's very, it's it's villain of the, it's there's some villain of the week stuff, and there's this overarching story about Agent Coulson and stuff that's you know, but it's so slow. Like Netflix will have the, the actually the advantage of being able to watch a bunch in a row rather than waiting week to week because I find it. The the, the the show is moving so slowly that I, I let's get on with it, get on with it, come on, come on, come on, you know. It's uh, yeah, it, it I'm I'm probably three three or four episodes behind now, and I really don't find myself motivated to catch up. I've heard people say that, but it's got a lot of fans, and I was kind of wondering whether it would translate too. Mm-hmm. Because pro the part of the problem is. Whether it's comics or or the the sci-fi Untouchables, you know, uh, well, excuse me, same as, uh, I, I learned recently that some people don't consider Star Wars to be sci-fi, but but there's so many Untouchables in the nerd universe that if it's not done right, right down to the letter, you know, they just crap all over it. And I think sometimes we get too far too ardent and rigid about what can be done with these things, you know. Um, and, and that, but uh, that's my problem with almost every TV series, John. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to wait a fucking week. Yeah. So I wait until a season comes out on Netflix. Still need to watch the third season of Walking Dead. I just got through a couple other shows that I've been waiting for the next season to appear on Netflix. So. All right. To round out the show. <clears throat> and we kind of did, excuse me, in the wrong order. But my hope is, at least for me, is to be able to do this right now as the new consoles are launching and then only do it periodically or as sporadically as possible after the consoles have launched. Um, some dipshit analyst has basically pulled numbers out of thin air and decided that P- the PS4 to comfortably outsell Xbox One over the next four years. Um, IHS forecasts. Forecast. Underlined. Bolded. Asterisks. Fucking quotes. Um, it doesn't even, I don't even think it says who IHS actually is, and they're not familiar to me. Um, but their head of games research, Piers Harding, <laughs> Harding Rolls. That's right. Piers Harding Rolls. I don't look male or female. Females annoys me less because I know why they do it. I don't trust motherfuckers that are using all three names. All right. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. So this dude, even when I read that, this dude's already fucking in serious jeopardy of me taking anything he's saying seriously. So. <laughs> So let's continue. Um, according to good old Harding Rolls, Pip Pip and all that bullshit, uh, he says that he forecasts. See, this is this is a life lesson for some of you. If you want to be able to utter complete bullshit and get away with it, scot free, you need to use one or two words. Forecast after the end of whatever utter shit you're spewing out of your mouth. I forecast that your ass is going to grow four sizes in two days. When they tell you you're wrong, you just go, it was a forecast. 
couldn't be sure it was going to happen. Or you've done the analysis and this company sucks donkey balls. When that doesn't come true, you just say that your numbers were wrong. I mean, it's it's such smoke and mirrors and only getting worse because people are so willing to run with idiot, the most idiotic shit. Uh, but there you go. I, I prefer forecast. I like to use that word forecast. Then, then, then when somebody comes back and goes, hey, dude, you said that this, this. Oh, no, I used forecast. I only forecasted that was going to happen. Because it didn't happen, apparently my forecast was wrong. Them's the breaks. Mm-hmm. Anyway. <laughs> so dipshit here says that the PS in a, by the end of 2013, the PS4 will have sold... 2.4 million units compared to 2.2 million for the Xbox One. And that's comfortably outsell to this genius. Does that sound closer than comfortable to either of you? <laughs> I think it's stupid. <laughs> neck and neck. <laughs> neck and neck. Yeah, you might as well, like, uh, like, yeah, the, the, I, love the weather... I, I love it when I make you at a loss for words. It's so funny. Yeah, like the, the weatherman uses forecasts too, right? <laughs> and and how often is the weatherman wrong? Like, it's just like just come on, like two point four versus two point two, you know, it's nothing, right? Glaze. It's absolutely nothing. It's literally the teacher for P. Now, but it gets better. It gets better. I promise. Um, IHS forecast. There's that word again. Forty-nine million PS4 sales by the end of 2017. You can take that to the bank. You can take that to your stock broker. They will have sold forty-nine million of them. By the end of 2017, you heard it here first. Compared to 38 million. So 11 million difference. Slightly bigger number, still not a killing. Am I right? Mm hmm. <laughs> the other thing, now we all know that Microsoft is not loving Japan, right? The, the Xbox 360 sucked ass there. But this is the first time I've heard that that um, that uh, IHS believes that Sony's wider geographical brand allegiance, especially across continental Europe and Japan, will be decisive in allowing the PS4 to outsell Xbox One on a global basis by the end of 2017. Japan makes sense. Have you guys ever heard that PS that Sony's more loved in continental Europe? Whatever the fuck that means at this point. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I've I've heard that statement before, um, but I, I I did think that Xbox was or 360 was getting a better hole in there though. Than they yeah, had okay, been. okay, okay, fair enough. If you've heard that, then fair enough. Then then we'll take it as gospel from this jag hole. <laughs> then how in the hell did Microsoft sell more consoles until extremely recently than Sony did last generation? <laughs> I don't know. What's the, I mean? I mean, are the, is the Canadian government making you guys buy two? Maybe that's maybe the NSA is coming to certain people's house in the middle of the night and <laughs> making them buy. I mean, red ring of death aside, that caused a few duplicates, including one for me. But what a bunch of fucking idiots! 
Oh, yeah. It, to, to, to say on the eve of only one of the two even launching <laughs> that it's already won, it's just... It's oh, just no, they ridiculous. won at E3, remember? Oh, right, right. Sony yeah, won yeah, yeah. everything at E3. It was yeah. over then. Microsoft should have just declared bankruptcy, killed themselves, every employee there. <laughs> yeah, the, the uh, these guys have consulted the the 2013 uh, game, video game predictors almanac, and then they've plotted out what the 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 uh, the course of the of the two consoles. I would be happier if I found out they did some kind of stupid voodoo ritual where they sacrificed a live chicken by the night of light of the moon on a Tuesday. At least then it makes more sense, you know. And here's the problem. And it's something I'm going to bitch about here in a second. Here's the problem. Where is your research? Like, this is the problem with the entertainment media medium and, and media. If I go read this at Business Week, or God help us all, because they're becoming a cesspool Forbes, or Wall Street Insider, there's a link where you can go through at least some of the research where they prove that this bullshit has any chance of being right. Especially on the analyst side of shit. I don't see it here. I didn't see it in the three or four other sites I checked. Mm -hmm. But you know what this means, kids? This means that EA can take Christmas off. I mean, all of EA's online servers went down the other day. (laughs) Saw it in two places. That was it. You know why? Because the cultural nitwits, the internet hive mind, has decided that Microsoft and Xbox One are the new devil. And they're all, and, and, and a good chunk of the media is just fucking leading the bandwagon. Two days ago, I saw the, the oh, Xbox One takes a major hit. They won't play Blu-ray 3D DVDs right or whatever the fuck they're called right right out of the box. It's it's coming later. Oh my god, how can this be? Fast forward twenty-four hours. Hey, guess what? The PS fucking four won't do it either. <laughs> but guess who got fucking torched? Oh yeah, nailed. Mm-hmm. Are you still awake over there, Clay Snyder? Like I said, th- there's a reason this is being also being talked about on the eve to hopefully keep me happy enough that I can ignore it for like six, eight months. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, the other one, the uh, the other one, the, and, and I actually don't want both of you to chime in on this. And I don't. I apologize. I don't have a news story connected to it. I could not find it again in my history. But once this story popped up, I really wanted to at least bring it up. According to some other analyst idiot, who should just we should just call him, you know, because we should just call him a tribe, the name redacted tribe for any one of these douchebags. You know, they're, 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 they're roaming from town to town, forecasting rain, forecasting when the crops will be in, forecasting when this tree will fall over. Uh, and I'm being wrong most of the time. Uh, I blame Name Redacted One for a lot of this bullshit and the goddamn lucky guess he got with the original Wii. Well, I, I, I do honestly think that if that had never happened, we wouldn't be putting up with this crap <laughs> as much. 
But anyway, some other jughead had, had stated, again, with no research for me to read or to be able to dig up, to show me his, you know, you remember when you're in math or maths class and you had to show your work, you know, to prove that you didn't just yep. cal- use a calculator to get the answer? Uh, th- that might be a little bit beyond you, Glacinator. We lived in the Stone Age. Or do no, you? I, I had to do that too. Okay, damn it. Um, <laughs> anyway. yes, the, the principles of math do not change, Bruce, no matter how old you are. <laughs> Fine, but you didn't have to do it on a stone tablet, goddammit. Um, with a fucking chisel. Uh, Rocks on a stick. Right. Ab- abacus. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, forget it. I was just going to go on a tangent about how I actually saw a really cool abacus the other day in a secondhand shop and almost bought it. <laughs> it's because it looked cool. Anyway. This dipshit said that Microsoft is losing $2 billion a year in their Xbox division and hiding it in other divisions of their company. Now, if if Microsoft, who again sold an ass ton of consoles, more slightly more than Sony, and I think they might have even caught up to the original Wii there toward the end, uh... Sold all these consoles and yet are still losing two billion dollars a year. How in the hell is any of the big three in business? Exactly. I mean, it's one thing for a for a uh, a video game to go over budget, like we've talked about that. Where you know, if you're spending that much to make a game, why and you're not making the return that you want, why are you even doing it? To have an entire an entire line of business business line of your company to be losing that much money and still even bother to do it or come out with a new console in two weeks. Like it's horseshit. Glaze. What? No. <laughs> the same, <laughs> same sentiment. Exactly. <laughs> but, do, but do you guys believe, I mean, I've never really been asked if you believe in this whole cultural phenomenon silliness that actually started way back in episode 35 when Jim Sterling was on with us and him and I, we're talking about how Halo went straight over our heads, um, and I've kind of ran with it since episode 150 shows ago. Um, is that what we're seeing here to a certain extent? That that Microsoft just blew E3 so badly that some of the press and a lot of gamers just see it as open season to say and do whatever they want about them because mm-hmm. the, the, the cultural or the, the high mind idiots are going to buy it hook, line, and sinker. It's the hot thing to do. It's, 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 what, it what, it's what drives page views. <laughs> bad, bad news. As bad as you can make it up to me. Same sentiment, Glaze. Yeah, I mean, no one's being held accountable, accountable for false... <laughs> I guess, is it libel or slander? I mean, it's not really either, but... Well, that's actually, Glacinator brings up a good point because, uh, well, first off, slander and libel is pretty hard to, uh, it's a pretty hard case to prove in U.S. courts. And now you wander over to jolly old England, it's a little easier. But the thing is, is there's just enough grain of truth in a lot of this bullshit that you can slide by with it. But it is kind of interesting that what Glacinator brings up, because it's walking that line. 
between, you know, cold taco tactics to drive page views and actual, you know, slander or just flat out lies. As far as I'm concerned, EA should send Microsoft a Christmas card. Because I never thought I'd see a day where all of EA's servers would go down for some mysterious reason and it barely got two stories per gaming site. One when they were down, one when they were back up. <clears throat> I, I mean, I even braved the gaming or subreddit that day to see if they were bitching about it. You know, and that would that would have been kind of interesting to me to find out if they were under a DDoS attack or hackers took them offline or what was going on. Yeah, what came out of that? Fucking don't have a clue. <laughs> like I said, everybody's so busy loving, you know, humping Sony's leg and bashing on Microsoft that uh, let's hit up the old newsreader see if anybody. Oh no, let's don't even do that. Let's see what. Uh, let's do this. <laughs> oh God! Oh God! Don't do that. No, I wasn't gonna. Uh... No, it's your reaction. Oh, oh. Well, I realized it'd be a lot easier to. Let's see. Yeah. Here's what Google returns. Online service updates. That's an EA FAQ. EA servers down. Answer HQ. Uh, that was for the Battlefield beta. I mean, I, literally, there's nothing coming up about it. Other than random server outages for various games. Hmm. So. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. What, uh, let's see. What the hell else? You got anything else, Glace? You haven't got to say much since I got my bitching, pissing, and moaning about forecasters and wizards and shit wizards, actually. Let's call them what they really are. <laughs> um. Not much. I mean, I'm ex- this that I'm excited for uh, the Zelda 3DS game to come out. Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up. Hasn't been getting super great reviews. What the new Zelda game? Uh huh. Wow, I, I've I've seen three tens so far. Let me let me see what Metacritic's. I saw two bad ones oh. today. Well, and one almost made me comment. I rarely comment on gaming sites anymore, but. One almost made me comment because, eh, it's got a 91. Carry on. Uh, because Dest- the guy at Destructoid gave it a 6.5. Oh. And I wanted to comment, for those of you that don't know, Jim Sterling left as reviews editor from Destructoid. He's now the reviews editor at Escapist Magazine. And a lot of idiots were going, oh, good, maybe Destructoid's reviews will finally be worth this shit now that Jim left. Oh, he got fired because of all of his low reviews. Blah, blah, blah. And, like, their first major review after Jim's gone is Zelda 3DS and it got a 6.5. <laughs> I'm like, yes! That is, kind of, that is kind of funny. Well, it's like I wanted to comment on there and go, yep, firing Sterling, as some of you idiots put it, really helped. It's a Zelda game and they gave it a 6.5. Oh, the fucking humanity. <laughs> so you're safe, Glaze. I, I, truthfully, I think it was more. Uh, I think the the Destructoid reviewer's problem was same old, same old. Mm-hmm. Which uh, isn't doesn't Zelda kind of get a pass at this point, or or does that uh, ever happen? Because we do. I don't kinda... think, the thing is, though, 
same old, same old. Maybe if it was a console Zelda, but this is a top-down, old-school Zelda. And we haven't seen one of those since Minish Cap, which is from GBA. Yep. So, even though it's an old formula, it's hasn't been around for a while. So, so I mean, so... So do you, because it's something that was done in the past, and I'll freely admit I don't remember Minish Cap. Um, it's all right to kind of bring it back out again. It, it's it's not, it's time for this, especially on a portable. Yeah, for sure. I mean. Hold on, I didn't give you a really good lead in there. I, I guess essentially what I'm saying is, is to you it's not the same because it's been such a long time since they've done it this way versus like the th- 3D pretty. I mean. It may, be the, it may be the same, but it's a good formula, and it works. And I haven't played it in a long enough time that it will feel relatively new to me, even if it is an old formula. Mm. The, to, be, to be honest, like when, when, I, when I read Zelda reviews or hear people, hear people talk about them after the fact, the biggest complaints about them is not is I mean people people gripe about the formula and and you know the the the, the repeating you know getting the getting the power-ups and fighting the bosses and stuff, but, like, when people say, you know, if it has good dungeons, it's always a positive thing, like the puzzles and stuff, it's the it's when, when Zelda games have a lot of padding, is are, that's when you start, like, see, you know, hearing the most complaints, like Skyward Sword, for example, it's not a top-down uh, portable, but, you know, the, 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 the big fetch quests that are in it just to make the game longer, when, it, when a more streamlined Zelda experience you know, rather than thirty hours, if it was only fifteen to twenty, would make it you know a much better game and much more satisfying than you know these monotonous side quests and and fetch quests, I should say, uh, padded in there. You know, it's those are the complaints that I hear more often about Zelda games and, and with the with the most venom, so to speak, uh, than than just the formula. People want it to be mixed up again, sure, but uh, a little fresher maybe, but. You know, a streamlined Zelda experience is a good, is still a good one. Uh, funny you should mention dungeons. I don't know if I should read this to you guys or not because you're, I know you're both planning on playing it. Uh, let me put it to you this way: I'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say because, according to the Destructoid reviewer, reviewer whose name is Chris Carter, um, the dungeons are not as taxing as he would have expected. Mm. <laughs> that, that was like a stereo <laughs> sound. Place yeah. owes me a beer. <laughs> I can get you one now. But actually, to, let's close out the show by answering that question. I mean, are there some games that ever get a pass from same old, same old? Or some games you want to be more of the same? Glaze sounds like he's pretty excited. This is going to be a top-down, actual made-for-portables Zelda. Or maybe, I don't know, Glaze, do you consider that top-down to be more of a portable? Yeah, definitely, it's definitely more portable-oriented, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it, maybe, that's not the, maybe that's not the question I, I, should, I want to ask. The question, I guess a, I guess a better question is... is does a game franchise get to a certain point where reviews are just almost pointless <laughs> anymore? You know, like a Zelda or a Mario where it's going to be a lot of the same? I think Mario, the Mario franchise is typically 
is the worst in terms of reading reviews. Just because Mario in and of itself is very... You play it very differently depending on how you want to go about playing it. Like, I mean, it, you might give it a 10 if you play it with your, you know, with your family, but if you're by yourself, you know, you're probably going to be more harsh on it. Whereas there are some people like me who really like the open world stuff and they're not really do that anymore, so I'm a little bit more harsh. So, I mean, Mario's just been around for so long and so many people have so many different favorite games that everyone is a little, is a little bit biased going into it. Yeah. I think Zelda is sort of getting there, but the Zelda formula really hasn't totally changed that much. Yeah, I, I think I think the Zelda and Mario series are, are what you might call review proof. You know, there, there's going to be people who buy them. There's you know, the matter and enjoy them and 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 maybe legitimately do so, even though there may be some faults. Uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. So it's so. I guess the best I guess the best way to phrase them would be that the games like that like COD that we talked about last week that went on to do one day 1 billion sales um is that they're review proof essentially a bit yeah Sony might want to be careful Killzone Shadowfall 74 Based on 20 critics. Knack, six, <laughs> 59 for Knack based on 16 well, critics. Well, I, I played that Knack demo and I was like, yeah, whatever. I can do without this. This is, it's not, it's pretty, I guess, but it's not, it's not interesting. Yeah. Oh, holy shit. The, the world has come to an end. IGN gave it a 59. Hmm. Oh wow, yeah, some people really didn't like it. That can't be making Sony happy. Too no, definitely weird. not. Shadowfall surprises me a little bit. That that they're uh... oh shit. Polygon gave Shadowfall a fifty. Hey, hi, hi. Did you hear anything this week, John, or should we just get the hell out of Dodge? Where are we at time wise? Yeah. Um, I, I didn't have anything else. I, th- I thought we had some pretty good, pretty good conversations, some good rants. Cool. Alrighty then, let's uh, do that last bit. And get the hell out of here. If you'd like to get in touch with us, if you'd like to make fun of analysts and forecasters and shit wizards, or tell us to stop it, which I'm, I, I, I admit, I'm going to try and go many months. Like into next year before we bring up the ludicrous shit like that again. Uh, we have a number of ways you can do that. First off, is our Facebook. It's WonderPod Online, all one word, WonderPod Online. And send us a friend request, unless you're an obvious spammer. <laughs> we'll accept you. You can become a member of the Silent Army. It grows daily, but doesn't do much. We also have a Twitter. It's at WonderPod Online, all one word, at WonderPod Online. We have a website. It's waterpotonline.com, where I post this podcast, partially for archival purposes, but also to give you handy links and an embedded player. That's right. If you don't want to download MP3s anymore, you can go listen on the site. Keep a tab open with the embedded player and you're good to go. If you do like MP3s, we are on iTunes. Just go hit the store, give us a rating, good, bad, and different. Leave us comments. I do check them periodically. Uh, if you don't like iTunes, we are on archive.org. Just search WonderPod. It's a free archive spots. Worked really well for us over the years. Um, if, 
let's see. We got uh, YouTube channels. Not much going on on them, but hey, there's stuff you can dig back through the archive. You got Glacinator's YouTube channel, my personal YouTube channel, Bruce McGee, the WonderPod Online YouTube channel, the 36 Wii YouTube channel, the Chris Lloyd Fanish channel. Uh, speaking of Mr. Lloyd, he will be on the show with us in uh, about two weeks, barring any unforeseen incidents, so look forward for that, to that. Uh, pfft, ah, that's good enough. We have also have an email address. Oh, I forgot about the forums. That's right. My bad. I forgot about the forums, which Roger seems to not want to sign up for. His latest lame excuse is the fact that it took him forever to sign up for other things involving us, and so he's just waiting. I guess he's going to be a diva about it. But if you'd like to sign up for the forums faster than Roger, you can do that by going to our website, wonderpotonline.com. On the right-hand side in the link bar, there's a link to our forums. It's the WPO forums. Sign up, post. Got all kinds of different things in there, stuff we do talk about on the podcast, and a bunch of other stuff. If none of that works for you, we do have an email address. It's wonderpod at wonderpotonline.com. Wonderpod at wonderpotonline.com. Or you can follow me on Twitter, if you dare, at O-R-I-G-I-M. Or you can follow John on Twitter. At John Keogh, J-O-N-K-E-H-O-E. Until episode 185, I'm once again Bruce McGee. Except this time I'm out of here. See you, people. Cheers. Goodbye. <laughs>